there are a few things that the modernists have wanted since the close of the council that were not expressly addressed by the council. They wanted a ban of the Latin Mass, which they eventually got, and appear to be on the brink of getting again. They wanted the nuptial sacrament to be breakable and renewed with new partners repeatedly, as per the practice of the Protestants and Eastern Orthodox, despite our Lord's words to the contrary. And they wanted intercommunion with Protestants and Eastern Orthodox. The latter, intercommunion, has been played with for decades in the Church, first introduced as possible by John Paul II, and in the past few days we learned that it is part of Francis's attempt to make the Catholic Church more likable by the world to formalize intercommunion. And that is key to understanding what Francis is doing, making the Church more likable to those who don't want the faith at all, for what reason anyone can really guess since he has explicitly said conversion is not something we strive for anymore. But there really is a reason to this, and that reason goes back to the ape of the church. So today, let's discuss this story, and please remember to speak out against this and to pray that intercommunion is somehow stopped in its tracks. This story has been widely reported in numerous outlets, but let's go to a website called newwalden.org for this one. They have a good translation of the original source for this, which is Marco Tosati's reporting. At least they base their own writing on this, and we will visit Marco Tosati on this himself. But, uh, you know, I usually use him first, but because of translation issues, I'll go with the English language version here. Headline. Developing story. Vatican source says Pope plans to implement intercommunion. Now, what does that even mean? While this is being reported as a rumor, the sources doing the reporting have been 100% right in recent months, so let's take this seriously, but also with a teeny tiny grain of salt. Quote. A friend from inside the Vatican walls tells us, and naturally the news still needs to be verified, that the reigning pontiff wants to return to concerning himself with intercommunion, that is, making it possible for the faithful of other non-Catholic Christian confessions to participate in the Eucharist. This is, of course, impossible. The teachings of the Church do not allow non-Catholics to receive Holy Communion. Only Catholics in a state of grace may do so. And so, yet again, Francis is leading the Church into heresy, apostasy, and schism, depending on how the dominoes fall. But obviously, this is only if the rumors are true." End quote. And nothing erroneous is being said there, to be brutally honest. But why report on a rumor? Because it's being corroborated by their sources, by their trusted sources. Let's begin here with Dr. Mike Hicks, who is reporting on it as well, but she has a solid track record on this. On Twitter, she backed up the reporting for Marco Tosati, and for good reason. Tosati, in fact, has a track record for getting these stories before anyone else, which is why I use him as a source. But let's actually continue with the topic by turning to Marco Tosati himself, where he says things that the New Walden piece does not. The opening of sacrilegious communion has been on the table for a few years now for Paca Papa Francis, and as such, the year of Amoris Laetitia is the perfect time to push the issue. Now, as an aside, Francis is the only presumed pontiff I've ever seen who has a track record of releasing an encyclical and then a few years later having a year dedicated to celebrating that encyclical. That's a pretty narcissistic mood, to be honest. But anyway, according to Tosati, quote, One of the possible reasons could be the German Synod, where the theme of intercommunion with Protestants has been placed on the agenda. In Germany, there have already been some steps taken in this direction by a few bishops. Pope Bergoglio has not expressed himself clearly on this topic. But in 2018 meeting, he invited those concerned to arrive at a unanimous decision. What is striking, however, is that immediately after seeking to abrogate the motu proprio of Benedict XVI, Samorum Pontificum, the Pope wants to address such a thorny knot and perhaps resolve it in his own way. 
According to some, it can only be solved by conversion to the Catholic Church. End quote. And that's exactly right. If someone wants the Eucharist, embrace the faith. That's not a lot to ask, I don't think. But notice something here. There is something happening. This is happening right after Simorum Pontificum. Presumably, it's being worked on at the same time that the follow-up document is being worked on by the Congregation for Divine Worship that would close the traditional priestly fraternity seminaries. And why is that? It's simple. The central project of the ape of the church has always been the elimination of Catholicism and replacing it with a new faith that calls itself by this name Catholic, but isn't at all. That's the central thrust of this, and to do that, the mass that goes back essentially to the apostles must be abrogated, and the Eucharist must lose its focus as the point of the mass. The new mass is man-centered, by design and by the admission of its designers after the council, which it, and that council itself said was taking a man-focused orientation for the church. To realize this goal, things like theological differences and heresy and the rest have to be cast aside in the name of this phantom called unity, and not only unity with Protestants and the Eastern Orthodox either. This goes beyond merely giving the Eucharist to those groups and who and others who may declare belief in the real presence. The James Martin topic is deeply wrapped up in all of this as well. For those who don't know what the James Martin topic is, it is that issue that Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church is focused on and wants to make normal and accepted by the Church, that particular sin that cries out to heaven for justice. Our lovely and fair hosts don't permit discussion of it by those like us, so we must be careful. But let's get back to that story from New Walden, because it goes there. Quote, But there's another reason for believing the rumor. I've been saying all year long, in a new book, in articles and interviews, that this year we would see dramatic and heretical changes in the church. Now, why is that Why this year exactly? What tipped me off was the Pope's declaration that this year would be a year of reflection on Amoris Laetitia. As I have reported in so many places, Amoris Laetitia is a thoroughly heretical document that promotes 1960s morals on the nuptial act and James Martin freedom in the church. In my book, I showed how Amoris simply copied and pasted these heresies from 1970s theology textbooks. And sure enough, as soon as the year of Amoris Laetitia got underway, we saw a firestorm of James Martin misinfo all throughout the universal church. As I described in my book and in several interviews, a key tenet of the 1960s take on the nuptial act, heresy was that those James Martin that James Martin endorses should be given access to the sacrament of Holy Communion. So true to form, Amoris Laetitia had to do the same, which it did, in the now infamous Note 351. That note suggested that the Eucharist should be made available to those who were in a condition of mortal sin, more specifically, those kinds of mortal sins that I've talked about here. End quote. I know, that's vague, but he's not wrong. Morse Laetitia is, in fact, a document full of heresy not, that not only smears the nuptial sacrament, it befouls the Eucharist by openly calling for it to be given to those in such states of mortal sin. If you are in a state of mortal sin, go to confession, and then receive our Lord. Make a good confession, and then receive our Lord. Don't go and receive him first. That is the timeless practice of the church. If this is about a new faith, something that the world absolutely will prove of and celebrate, then there must be a material focus for the church. Francis has said this himself, that the focus of Christ the Christian must be on the created world, not on the creator, on the environment, and not on the God who displayed his artistry and craft by creating it in the first place. For some clarity on what the Pacapapa is saying, on this, we turn to our old friend, Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church, who in a recent article declared that for once the church is on the right side of history. His words, not mine. Quote, My only consolation is that Catholicism through the Pope is on the right side of history for once. 
Sadly, too few of our bishops are following him and doing anything about the, about the crisis. When was the last time you heard your bishops speak out on the environment? As Pope Francis said, concern for the environment can no longer be optional or secondary aspect of Christianity. It must be central to who we are as Christians. We must care for God's creation. We must protect the earth and all that lives on it. Otherwise, our children and grandchildren will experience the apocalypse. End quote. You know, I always thought that as Catholics we were to look forward to the coming of the Lord, the end of all things. Not to be afraid of it, but to embrace it. To ready ourselves for it by seeking sanctity, picking up our crosses and carrying them, and being ready for both a particular judgment and the general judgment as well. But now these things are to be avoided, according to Pastor Tommy, and by extension by Paca Papa Francis. And why is that? Because since the Council, the Church has had a worldly focus. Francis is far from the first presumed pontiff to speak out on the environment. Benedict was labeled the Green Pope before him. John Paul II and Paul VI both gave addresses on that topic multiple times, including to massive secular organizational bodies. But Francis tied it to the gospel, which was a clear break from history. Like I said, it's new faith. At the heart of this is the material world, and not only the material world, but the reduction of central things of the faith to the merely material. Turning the Eucharist into a sign of unity when it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our blessed Lord. Not a symbol, but the most real thing in all of material existence. And if someone wants the Eucharist, they must be in a state of grace and a member of the church. It isn't that hard, really. But there has been this push for intercommunion for decades now, and the German Synod is pushing for this practice to be opened up, and Francis recently endorsed the German Synod in writing. The German Synod is clearly his instrument for getting this done, and he's going to back them up, almost certainly, probably, by, probably in the next few months. And what does that leave us with? Vague rumors about Francis having only months left to pin our hopes to? A handful of better bishops we hope will succeed him on the papal throne? The possibility of a merely moderate heretic who becomes pope that will make most Catholics think the present state of the church will come to an end and will be back to group hugs and kumbaya. If you want to look at what is coming for the church in the next few years, look at all the things going on in the secular world and apply them to the church, for that is what has been happening before our eyes. And that is why I tell you to pray for the church. Like and subscribe if you haven't, and let me know your thoughts on all of this in the comments, please. I don't normally report on rumors, but I trust Marco Tosati enough to think... That this is coming, maybe if I'm analyzing this through my understanding how Francis sees things, then maybe by the time the Feast of Christ the King is celebrated on the new calendar, or maybe during Lent of 2022. That would be appropriate. But let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.